Hey guys, welcome back to Lesbian Honest. I'm Ash. I'm here with my amazing wife, Kirst. What's up, guys? Oh, we are so excited to be back. We are going to take a pause from our story for a minute, and we're going to talk about, like, some self-care and, like, why we feel like that's so important and why that's something that we still actively do, like, today. Yeah. I think we were... Let's kind of, like tell them why we're I don't know I think we're both kind of in a spot are we like New Year's you know I think New Year's is a time for us but this isn't this wasn't like a New Year's resolution by any means and this has been something that like we have been consistently working up to um I would say probably over the like last year for sure but um more so probably within like the last three four months oh I'd say last year we took like Took it, like, oh, we did take good... quite some time. So, yeah, I would say within the last year. Yeah. So, things that, like, Kirsten and I have been, like, working on or, um, I guess you can talk about, like, your stuff and I kind of talk about my stuff and, like, sure. why that impacts us as a couple because there's a lot of things that you do to work towards, like, your relationship, but a lot of that starts with self-care first and, like, me filling up my cup and you filling up your cup and, like... Sometimes we do that together and, like, sometimes we have to do that separately. So, like, what is your, like, what is something you do for yourself that you feel like fills your cup up that's more of, like, self-care for you? I mean, definitely working out on the Peloton is, like, my go-to. I feel good about myself when I get done. It makes me feel good when I do it. It is something I know that is good for my body. Um, You know, and I think... We, you know, in our story, we just become parents. And I think that that's such a huge thing to kind of bring up is that, like, when you become parents, you just, I mean, like, almost unconsciously kind of put self-care on the back burner for yourself. Right. And it's It's extremely true, though. Like, it is very hard to, like, find time when you've got, we've got we have three now. Right. But once you have one, like it drastically changes. Yeah. Your life changes, your priorities shift. And like, what do you think you did back then? I don't know. I think 10 years ago, I mean, I, I rewarded myself a lot with like drinking. Yeah. I mean, I breastfed for a little while and didn't drink that much then, but like after the fact, like, I, you know, I wasn't doing the healthiest outlets, I don't feel like. Like, occasionally we would go to the gym and, like, get on a little health kick. But, like, Mm -hmm. I don't think I understood the importance of holistic self-care, like, as a whole person, if that makes sense. Like, I wasn't addressing mental, like, health or self-care at all. I think I used to, like, reward myself with, like, um, retail therapy. Yeah, that was a big That was something that I used to do a long time ago, and I've gotten significantly better. Um, I think you just find more value in, like, what you need to have done um, versus, like, or, like, what you need to purchase versus, like, the retail therapy aspect of it. So that's something that was for me. And then also, like, we would, like, plan, like, special dinners or, like, well, we'd make it at home or, like, order it in or whatever. I think that was kind of, like, what Yeah. I looked at with that. And I would, I, I'd make myself a drink when I'd come home, too, or grab a beer or whatever it was. But I think that 
like what's kind of stemmed us to maybe share some of this like here and now is like it's something that I'm very actively working on for like myself and something that you're actively working on for yourself like you've gotten way more into the Peloton and um we actually like are taking a hiatus from alcohol yeah and I feel my body feels so much better yeah I mean we took a six-month break from alcohol last year Mm -hmm. um just an intentional break to I don't know just step away I had like an epiphany one day about how I only took breaks from alcohol when I was either breastfeeding and like even then I would still have a beer or two but like when I was pregnant obviously I didn't drink then and so those were the only times that I took like a hard break Uh and it was for something else. So I kind of for someone else. Right. And, and then if you did decide when you're breastfeeding to have one, like that was like, like you would pump and dump. Yeah. And we like, you had a good amount of breast milk, like in the freezer and stuff that we would just obviously like use that. But like, it was very clear and present that it was not for you was for something else or for the kid. Right. Yeah. Like I, it kind of made me think like if I, like why was I not willing to do something that's good for myself for me Mm -hmm. and me alone, but I was willing to do it for a person I've never met essentially. Right. And that just was like kind of eye opening to me. And you know, when you're pregnant, you have symptoms of all kinds of things. So you're not really reaping all of the benefits of not having that. Right. Without knowing how you would really feel without There's, like, so many other things, too. Like, they tell you when you're pregnant, like, you shouldn't eat deli meat, and you can't eat sushi, and you can't eat your meat not cooked all the way in. There's all this, like, criteria, and I feel like some of it's probably, like, legitimate facts, and I feel like some of it's probably just, like, frowned upon, like... Well, it's cultural. There's a lot of cultural things, like, in America, like, in... Other countries, women still have a glass of red wine every day when they're pregnant, and it's not a big deal. Right. You know, so I think culturally, too, like, just kind of when we took a break from alcohol for that long, you, like, I know I took away that, like, our culture in America is so alcohol positive. Right. Like, every event has some sort of alcohol, like, push in it. Yeah. And I think that it's like, I don't know. It's definitely something that, um, we got a lot of flack about. We did. If we didn't get asked if we were pregnant. Yeah. That was a big thing. People, the immediate response we got from people when I said, oh, I'm not drinking is, are you pregnant? Mm-hmm. Which was no, no, I'm not. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, also, do you have a problem with drinking? Right. People just like, Like it's one or the other. Yeah. That's really the only two things that we'd get. And it was like, well, actually there's a lot that goes along with it. It's like mind and body altering. Like our bodies feel significantly different. It's not, I feel too, like when you don't have it, like you don't crave other things. Like I know that I would do like, um, like I'd always mix my drink with something else. And so like I used Dr. Pepper a lot. And I drank significantly more soda yeah. when I was drinking alcohol. Well, alcohol takes away a lot of your inhibitions. So, like, if you're trying to be healthier and eat healthier, 
when you start drinking and you have a few drinks, like you tend to lean more towards like the snacks that you want. Cause now you're just right. kind of like, oh, I'm feeling good. I'm going to have a snack. I'm going to eat a half a bag of Doritos, you know, like <laughs> it's just hard. And I think that like also putting it out there that like people that do have a hard relationship with alcohol, that's okay. Right. And Absolutely. I do think that that needs to be something that is more not acceptable. taboo and acceptable within our communities because, you know, like, there are such things as fully functioning alcoholics and parents that drink at night because they're stressed because their kids were hard that day and, like... Or work was hard that day or just life is hard. I mean, it's... There's so much that goes into it and it also becomes just a habit. It does. You could have had a perfectly good day and everything else and you'll still drink the same way you did the night before that you had a horrible day. Right. And so I think that it's, like... I think it's very habit-created and I think that... It's something that it needs to be also acceptable just not to drink. And I think that, like, right. that is... So, Kirsten and I went on, like, a little date night tonight. And we went out and we went to this really nice, like, restaurant. And they specialized in whiskeys. And they had a... The drink menu was twice as big as the food menu was. And we were like, okay, well, hmm, uh, so we don't drink, so don't worry about giving us your spiel about your alcohol. Like, we understand that that's your guys' specialty. However, um, you guys have amazing reviews for your food. And so, like, tell us about, like, your food and what's going on. And, like, that waitress was phenomenal at mm-hmm. being like, oh, fantastic. Well, we have this, this, and this. And if you want a non-alcoholic beverage, we do have, like, non-alcoholic wine. And we have some non-alcoholic mixed drinks as well. So yeah, that's also an like... option for you. It was, like, that was, I would easily say that was like one of the most perfect reactions to us saying like hey like we don't drink so you don't have to worry about giving us your spiel right like what can you recommend on the menu and she like went right to the recommendations for the menu and then she bounced back and was like and if you guys do decide you want something fancy to drink you do have options as well um that are not alcoholic and i i really respected that i really liked that i thought that that was that started our night off so good with such easy acceptance Mm -hmm. but offers of being like, well, hey, like we have Pepsi products, but we also have non-alcoholic beverages options for you as well. Yeah. They actually had like a non-alcoholic rosé wine, which I love wine glasses. I don't know why. I just like them. (laughs) Like I will drink, I want to drink normal things out of wine glasses because they make me feel fancy. And then I have like, you know, you just have those things. And when you're not drinking, you don't need to feel left out because everyone has like a special wine glass in their hand like but you know it's like when i had like a rosemary lemonade with like ginger beer in it and like Mm -hmm. it didn't taste like a mocktail like a mommy cocktail to where it was like non-alcoholic it wasn't just like all sugar like it actually felt very like earthy and refreshing it was it was extremely fresh and like refreshing with like the fresh rosemary in it and then like they use like lemon versus just like a lemonade necessarily. Like, I don't know. The mix was fantastic and I loved it, but it was very fresh to the palate, especially with what we were eating. Yeah. And so I loved it. So it was something that was like, I'm really glad that she offered it and told us about it. I know. Because like we did end up indulging in um, one of the non-alcoholic beverages each and it, it, it really tied in my meal. Yeah. It tied in mine well too. And I felt 
you know, you want to go out to dinner and, like, have a quote-unquote glass of wine and, like, cheers to, like, surviving January. Right, dear God. you, I think that it's just, like, one thing that we definitely went through in our break of not drinking last time was that you do get that shock factor from people when you say you're not drinking, but also the, like, it doesn't need to be a lonely right thing. Like, if people are having a celebration and you know, game night and not then like everyone's going to be drinking. Like that's, that's okay. And Mm -hmm. I think that that was something that we had to kind of like navigate because, Mm -hmm. you know, they are offering more and more like non-alcoholic drinks where you can have a wine glass and like have a non-alcoholic glass of wine. It's not just grape juice, you know, and you can sit there with the gang and like play games. Right. Which is like kind of what, it's not like you're drinking it because you miss the alcohol portion, but like. You don't want to... Inclusion. Just, yeah, you want to be included in the, you know, just right adulting. So that's something that we do. We've also really been focusing on, like, skincare, especially with, like, from, like, the shoulders up. Yeah. And, like, so that's something that, like, we've really focused on as well. I am terrible. I hate lotion. So fierce. I can't stand it. I think that it feels greasy and grimy and gross. Like, I instantly feel dirty when I put it on. Like, I just... I, I hate lotion so much. And, and for where we live, that's, like... A crime. Like, Literally. your body... I think I drink, like, 30 times more water I because of it. I don't think you do. Yeah. Three times? Yeah, maybe. Maybe three times more. But it is... So, that's been something that we've been focusing on. And I'm, I'm terrible about a bedtime routine. And I'm a total, like, insomniac when it comes to, like... I could stay up as late as possible in the mornings. It doesn't matter if I went to bed at 7 p.m. or at, like, 1 o'clock in the morning... When 7 o'clock rolls around or 8 o'clock rolls around or... Like, I usually get up at, like, 5.45, 5.30. It is dreadful. I struggle so hard in the mornings. Yeah, mornings are hard for you. It is terrible. We're opposite. I... 9.30 hits at night and I'm, like, I'm ready for bed. I'm ready for bed. Like, I just am tired. I mean, I've done better recently. Recently, yeah, you have. But I've well, been drinking coffee later at night. True. Because you've been studying. You've been cramming a lot. But there's, like... So, like, I used to go... I used to shower in the morning and then shower at night because I just don't like the idea of bringing the outside world germs into my bed, into my safe place. I just don't like that. But, like... And it would just... At night, it would always be just, like, literally just, like, a rinse off. Like, I wouldn't even have to necessarily, like, use soap. Like, I just wanted to, like, rinse the day away, go to bed. But, like... (laughs) In, as I'm getting older, like, I get so cold now. And, like, <laughs> I have to be in, like, sweatpants and a t-shirt and a, like, sweatshirt and socks. And, like, there's times, like, we took a nap today and I straight up, like, had my hood on my hoodie up. Like, I was gonzo. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, the idea of, like, going to sleep, especially in the wintertime. Yes. And then showering before that. I'm like, like, I've done it occasionally, but I'm like, no, I can't. I can't do it. So, to help myself wake up in the morning, I shower in the morning, but there are some days where, like, I, like, I get up and I turn the shower on and it takes a little while for the shower to get hot. And in the midst of waiting, I'll, like, go and, like, pick out my outfit. And then, like, the next thing I know, like, I have to have a second alarm set because I've fallen asleep on the floor of a closet before waiting for the water to heat up because I'm so dang tired. Kirsten's, like, come in before I go to the bathroom and be like, are you okay? <laughs> Like what? Like on the floor in our closet. <laughs> I'll like get my like towels and then I'm like, these would make a nice blanket. And I'll like cover up with them. I'm like, oh. And then I get all warm and cozy again. I'm just passed out on the floor. And 
in the closet, but I do it like mornings are super hard. And I feel like if I had a better night routine, like that would help me significantly because my night routine is all over the place. Like I'm never, it's never the same. But I feel like now, so we're very different in our like, I'm, I like crunchy granola stuff. Like I'm drawn to like, like I have a salt lamp in our room and like, I like my salt lamp a lot. She says it gives off heat and it doesn't. It makes me feel warm inside. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say it makes you feel warm. I said it makes me I'm like, can you put it in the middle? Because I can't feel the warmth. It doesn't doesn't make me, it's a, it's a vibe. Okay. And so I'm trying to explain this to her that I need to have my salt lamp on and I don't put it on in the summertime a lot because it does make me feel warm. And so, <laughs> this, is, this is the epiphany of our life, nothing, you guys. This is a nothing argument. It's not we a nothing fight. We don't fight about the salt lamp. It's just a conversation of, like, eventually Ash gives in and rolls her eyes and is like, whatever. Because there are things in my life, like, I like essential oils and salt lamps, and I am crunchy granola in these things. And, like, I think you're kind of starting to learn, though, that, like, there's something to this, like more holistic way so like i for instance with the whole like essential oil situation like kirsten's always like we'll just put a little bit of this in or we'll just we'll clean with this and we'll do this and we'll do that and i'm like no it doesn't work like that and so like here i am outside like i had gone through something that sprayed up on my truck and i was like oh my gosh it's like tart like i'm all agitated so i'm out there and i'm like well i don't want to scratch my truck i don't want to do all this so i'm out there just like gracefully trying to like get this like tar substance off and it's like splashed up and sprayed up so there's like tiny little black dots like all over the side of my driver's side of my vehicle and i was like i i had the baby out there she was trying to help like i, I was and out there for a hot second don't know ashley her truck is her other baby like yes we have to keep protect it at all costs yes so she's out there for like i don't know 30 minutes and i'm like and i've maybe done a like six inch spread of like getting it like <laughs> trying real hard and Kirst comes out and she's like oh and she like gets down and she looks at it and she's like hmm you know a little lemon would take that off and I'm like what she's like yeah just a little le- watch so she like goes and gets her little essential oil lemon stuff and she like comes out and just like whoop just wipes it right off and I was like are you kidding me she did the same amount of space that I did in 30 minutes in like 30 seconds <laughs> easily and uh, she's like there yeah see and I was like oh is that gonna hurt my truck she's like no and then she does this thing where she's like, she'll turn the bottle and look at the bottle. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what the bottle's going to tell you don't put it on a vehicle. Like, <laughs> I mean, I put it in everything. Then she like gets her phone safe. out. <laughs> she gets her phone out and starts Googling it. She's like, no, it should be fine. Yeah. No. Just run it through the wash. It like just splash it off when you're done. With it, it was, was so like, shiny. It w- it did. And it stayed shiny for a little while. It was like spot treated shiny. <laughs> wow. But... So I think you're like a little more sold now on these. A little bit. A little bit. Yes. We're not warmed up to the salt lamp yet. It also clarifies the space. Warm up to it because it doesn't make you warm. <laughs> it does inside. You I think it's cute. I think it's a cute thing. I, at this point in time, I'm like, it's decoration. It's not. Okay. Well, well, you do that. And then Kirsten has this like, Kirsten's done a ton of research on like, pr- like facial products to like oh, help her skincare. skin and like all this stuff. And she found this company that she is like, I like their products. Like they're super easy. And like, she's like, I just like them. They have everything. Like it's really good. They've got really good reviews. And it's like, what it's like, what's it called again? Elephant. It's called drunk Drink? elephant. Drunk elephant. Drawn to elephants. Anything elephant. Like 
So that's comment. we are not like we are not sponsored by them. This is not no. Like, this is we not were. like a like sales pitch or because anything like that. We literally but... pay for half their companies. All their things. All their things. So drunk, but we love Drunk Elephant. And the thing that I love about it is that for somebody like me who does not have a routine, who is just now learning how to do this, I love the fact that like I can mix their products Mm -hmm. backwards and forwards. Yes. Doesn't matter which one I put on first or which one I don't. They're extremely easy to use. And I have very sensitive skin. Yeah. And like, especially when it comes to like my face or like my hairline area, like... And I remember, too, like, I, I didn't take it seriously until, like, I took a picture and, like, in the picture I saw, like, the, like, base of my neck and I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, it's like that Cripscaper! Like, <laughs> it's awful. I was like, what's happening with my neck? My neck is awful. <laughs> and so I told Kirsten, I was like, you have to tell me what I need to be doing because clearly I'm behind. And she's like, oh, yes, like, let me show you. So then she shows me this, like, drunk elephant moisturizer. She starts slow with me because she knows I can't handle it. Well, you have to start slow with, like, she in- tells yeah. I started slow with them, too, because they're not the cheapest products you'll ever buy. I feel like it's so worth it, though, and having two females in the household that are consistently using their products and how long they have lasted us. I know. I've actually been very surprised. It justifies the price 100%. I 100%. And it's not even, like, the most expensive products out there by any means. No, it's probably middle grade. Like... Money-wise, cost-wise, but I feel like the quality of the product that it is, though, honestly, like... Well, and then I started to do research because, you know... Not everything works for everybody, and I also research everything, you guys. You'll I have anxiety when it comes to not knowing. I research, like, if we're going to a restaurant we've never been before, oh I have she to... knows the whole menu. I have to look at the menu online before we go, and if they don't have a picture of the physical menu, I don't want to go there because I feel like it's not accurate. Anyway. She also spends, like, the first... She's like, well, just look at the menu for the, another couple minutes, and I'm like... You already know what's on the menu. What are you talking... It's because she likes to watch everybody else's food come out. Yes, I need to see to it. To picture what's on the menu with it. I'm like, okay, okay. I don't like... I mean, I think it is tacky when restaurants have pictures of their food in their <laughs> menu, but I do appreciate that because I need to know what I'm going to expect to see. I like it better when you find it in the reviews of, like, customers yes. taking the pictures of the actual food and then you're like, oh. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, but yeah, so I had to do research on this company because I, you know, it does work. And I was like, you know, what else do they have that's awesome? Because, you know, every company has their like signature products that are like, you have to have these things. And they're a really like cool company. Like just like their morals and kind of where they stand and like why they're making the the products that they're making and yeah Kirsten tells me like I want this stuff it's 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 this lotion and she tells me this face lotion she tells me how much it costs and I was like are you high like no what yeah can't you just use your body lotion on your face and she's like no No, babe it doesn't work that that. way and I was like why not coming from the person that like refuses to use lotion because I hate and that I think was what was so hard for me I was like oh my gosh look at my neck like what is that (gasps) no and I was like what do I need to do and Kirsten's like you have to use lotion and I was like (laughs) no (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I'm about the sunscreen thing because I have a lot of tattoos, so I completely understand, like, sunscreen. Oh, yeah, we just went over that tonight. Like, I've been doing a lot of research on sunscreen and how you need to wear it every day. Yes. Like, preventative care is the best care, but we're past that now because we're We are 30s. so past that now. Kirsten's like, okay, kids, line up. Okay, we yeah. got to put some sunscreen on I'm, before you put your snow boots and your galoshes on. <laughs> I'm not joking. The winter's the worst time because the sun reflects off the snow. Okay. <laughs> Now I'm all stressed. We didn't even buy enough sunscreen for the kids. 
And it's like wrong that it's advertised so much for summertime because the winter's bad. <laughs> I'm going to like post a video of Kirsten like lotioning the kids up in sunscreen before they go to school. <laughs> I'm going to start you guys. They're they're at the prime age. I just I have started using this and I I love that it's easy. I love that it doesn't have a bunch of scents and smells. I hate yeah, no. smelly stuff. I can't, I just can't stand it. And everything under the sun has lavender in it. And I'm not a lavender girl. I don't like lavender. So you get all these different frou-frou like things for your face and all this stuff. And I'm like, no. It's not like that though. But this doesn't have a bunch of smells. It doesn't smell bad. It doesn't yeah. smell like nothing, but... It's so extremely light. And so we've started doing that more together. And so we're going to do a bedtime routine, right? We're going to wash our face. I was so proud of it's myself. It's not like you don't brush your teeth. It's like no. she just doesn't have a routine. Like, I don't have a strong routine either, but, like, I have more of a routine than you do. But, like, there will be nights where, like, I will have worn makeup during the day and, like, I won't go wash my face before I go to bed. Right. I mean, we I'll, all have those days. I'll scrub my teeth out, but, like, I'm like, mm. And there's some days where, like, you're so dang tired and you're like, yeah, I'm not going to get back up to go brush my teeth. And then I wake up, of course, like an hour or two after falling asleep. And I like, like, I'm so thirsty. And then I'm like, oh, no. And then I'm like, one o'clock in the morning. And they're just like, scrubbing my teeth. Because like, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) So we've really focused on self-care, not only just like in the aspect of like what we're putting into our bodies and like how we're taking care of our bodies more so. But, like, we're also working really hard on, like, mental health. And I kind of want to talk about that because I feel like the way that we grew up, it was so taboo. And because we grew up in the church, like, one of the consistent things that I was told was, like, oh, you need to pray about it. Yeah. Like, God will take away your anxiety. Anxiety is not a thing. You don't, you're not anxious. You don't have anxiety. It's like a spiritual battle if something's going on. You don't have depression. That's the devil grasping hold of you. Right. And so, like, I do want to touch base on that because I do think that, like, People need to understand that mental health is a real serious thing. And it doesn't mean that you're suicidal, but it also doesn't mean that, like, you might not need just, like, some TLC there. Right. Right. You know? And that's so important to just, like... I think that's, like, we, you know, the reason why... I don't know. We were just... It's been really heavy on our hearts. And, like, it's also been kind of... We're realizing as we're getting older and our kids are getting older that like, I don't want them to ever think that mental health is not something that we can talk about openly because it was not something we talked about in my house. No. And if you were in a funk, AKA depressy Bessie, you were completely just in a funk. It was going to go away. And it's hormones. You're just growing teenager or you just, you just, you just don't have your head straight with God. You need to get on your knees. Right. I'm like, <laughs> Okay. Get in the word, you know, that'll help. Um, and I want to change that for our kids. Um, I want mental health to be just as important as physical health for them because you really have to think like if you have a gaping wound on your arm, you're going to go get seen by a doctor. But if you have a gaping wound in your brain or in your heart, like, or in your psych, like, what are you supposed to do with that if you're told you can't talk about it? Right. And I think that it made, it made me grow up with unhealthy habits of like bottling up. Like I shut down and I don't talk about things. And like, this was a huge thing for us when we talked about like 
when I came to you and was like, I want to start a podcast. Like, I want to talk about our story because like, here I am in my mid thirties being like, wow, we had a lot of childhood trauma together and by ourselves and growing up. Yeah, and the like, podcast has kind of like, not in a bad way, but like kind of have made us like talk about things that maybe we didn't realize were things that like we needed to address. Or that we like put in a closet and slammed the door shut and locked it and threw the key out. Like, right. And I think that's something that there's so many other people out there that can relate to it. And I, I love that it's starting to come out more. Like now there's so many like shows or documentaries that you can find on different like streaming platforms and hearing somebody else say, this was where I was at and this is where I felt and this is how I've gotten to where I'm at now. And like, I am addressing like, you know, just what like boundaries are and what I'm okay with, what I'm not okay with and working through the things that I wasn't okay with. And I'm doing some self-learning myself because that's the other thing too, is that in this day and age, so many people just blame everybody else right? instead of reflecting in on like, what can I do differently? Like, where do I need work? Right. And I think that like, I don't know. I just, I, I think that it's extremely hard to, once I've started getting to a place where like I start realizing like, where is my safety boundary? Where do I feel safe and comfortable in this situation? And like, is that where I draw my, my boundary? And then how do I deliver what my boundary is to other people? You know, when they come into my space or when I go into their space, obviously I'm bringing my space there. So how do I, how do I maintain that? And sometimes like you get, you get this like, fear of conflict and like that's something I know that you and I both have like tried to steer away from like like the plague well a lot of growing up we didn't cause conflict was like avoided like conflict was never a big thing in my house like my my parents never conflicted in front of us ever like argued I mean maybe a small tiff but like not that you want to see your parents full-blown, like, fighting, but, like, mm-hmm. it also is important to see your parents, like, work through things. And we do try to do that for our kids. Like, we, you know, we don't have fights that are big, but, like, when we do have disagreements, like, we do work through it in front of our kids if it's a- appropriate, you know, right. obviously. But, like, it's important for them to see that, like, not every relationship is perfect and that you have to put the work in and, like, hopefully show them that you conflict isn't bad no. right not all and conflict how to, how is to bad. handle it like healthily like yeah. if one of us gets like upset or like if our conversation is running circles or it's like starting to escalate like we realize like hey you know i'm we're gonna take a break from this like you're gonna go ride your peloton or i'm gonna go do the dishes <laughs> that's usually my thing i like have to go take a break and do the dishes like That is, like, our reset and, like, being respectful in that aspect versus just, like, pushing through the initial reactions. I think that's it. It's, like, how people react to things. And I think that the more that we self-reflect and that we also understand that, like, everybody is fighting a different battle. Like, you... You don't know. Never know what battle somebody is fighting. And that's why it is so huge, too, with mental health that, like... you just can't, you just can't assume anything. And so I just want like our kids. And that's something that like, I know that I'm learning that like, it's okay to work on you. It's okay to read self-help, like self-help books. It's okay to listen to like 
podcasts that teach you how to set boundaries and how to like find where you're comfortable at and where your lines are at and what you're okay with and what you're not okay with and how to push yourself out of your bubble sometimes too and like your comfort zone like right i think that's something huge too is to learn how to like push yourself to a certain extent without and like allow yourself to grow like that's why they call it growing pains right being you know stagnant and comfortable sometimes doesn't get you very far if like you keep getting the same responses or reactions or, you know, outcomes from things. Right. Um, I mean, I, you know, I know a lot of people don't like change and embracing change is hard, but like when you hit that uncomfortable spot is where things start to change in your life. And like, it's not fun by any means sometimes. Like sometimes it's exhausting. (laughs) It is. I mean, you know, but Like, let's take my schooling, for example. Like, I love going to school. I love medicine. I love, you know, I want to be a nurse, like, more than anything. But it's not easy. (laughs) It's scary and it's hard. And you have to push yourself out of your comfort zone a lot because you don't get the choice. Like, you have to take those exams. You have to go to that hospital and do those clinical rotations. Like, but the more I do these things and like, sometimes you do have to do the fake it till you make it like, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. Telling yourself over and over that like, you really can that like, once you get through that like shift or that day that you're like, I did it, you know, like, well, and your clinicals too, like you never know what you're going to get in that day. Like you're literally going in and like working alongside of a nurse to learn from them, but also to like help them get through their shift and like, you know, like, and that's hard sometimes. And it's very intimidating. Yeah. In a way as well to like hop in with somebody who's so, who, who didn't sign up to have a student necessarily. Right. Right. So it's not like they're like, who wants to have a student this week? Like we'll (laughs) sign. No, it's more like, no, Oh, you get the student shift. Fantastic. And then, you know, and some of them are really put off by that because they might've had a really hard week. Yeah. You know, you like do get a come across a few preceptor nurses that aren't jazzed to have you, right? Which is hard, but you have to just like. But it's so cool though too, because then like you have these like rotations, and then like you have one that you caught on a bad night that you see the next night, who's awesome, and you're like, wow, that or was. You can actually like you know <laughs> show them like I'm here to help and I want to be helpful to you, and then the next night they're like, hey, all about having a student because you actually like left a good impression with them and helped right. them instead of hindered them you know I think it's just I think it's hard because I didn't realize I didn't apply myself super well in high school at the end like towards the well, for like the better three-fourths part of it um but like I was say you did like the last like two three months I did but... I pushed real hard but um <laughs> like when you you do doubt yourself there is so much self-doubt and I think that like trying to kind of get over that in the sense of people are capable of a lot more than they think they are. Right. And I prove that to myself all the time because there are so many times Ashley will tell you that I just break down in tears and I'm like, I'm not smart enough to do this. I can't do this. Like I've just capped out and she like picks me up, dusts me off and is like, you got this babe. Like you can do it. You know, I'll let you cry. And Get it sometimes out, you like... need to, like, yeah, sometimes you need to just be heard and, like, 
feel in a safe place that you can cry and let those emotions out. And that fear, right? Because right. it's the fear of failure. It is. Like, and that's something that I think that, I mean, I know you and I share in different things all the time. Like, I... Absolutely. It's scary to have a fear of failing, failing, especially when you're on the, you know, such a strict track like you are for your nursing degree right now. And, um, I think, I mean, I've experienced that with like my weight in like the fear of failing that like, I won't lose enough weight or that I won't, you know, I, it won't work. I'll apply myself and I'll follow whatever plan I'm doing to the T better than anybody else. And like, I still won't have the outcome that I'm like hoping and wanting for, but everybody's promising me I'll have. Right. And so, you know, like Kirst is really good at like encouraging me there. And like, we've had some friends and stuff too, or like people that have been in our lives have been amazing at encouraging there. But I mean, here I am with Kirst and her, all of her nursing school stuff. And I'm just getting my secondhand nursing degree, you know, like I won't have any certificates and I won't have the student loans, but I'm going to know a thing or two. (laughs) Beta one, beta two, (laughs) non-selective. Good job, babe. So like, (laughs) I mean, and I think that like what I bring to the table for Kirsten, that aspect is I come up with totally inappropriate ways to remember things. Oh my gosh. And then I have pure joy in my heart knowing when she goes to take her exam, the things that she is thinking of during her exam. It's hilarious. I tell her something like Billy, Billy Joe was picking his nose or like something like some, like things that I just know that like, as those things pop into her head during the test that she's either laughing or she's like checking to make sure somebody else didn't see her do something weird. (laughs) So, but you know, it's like, and I think that's, these are ways that like Kirsten and I have helped each other and why our relationship is so strong. But like, we also are very encouraging of like, Hey, like you need to do this, go do it. Right. Like, just go do it. Like if it's, if we have to pay for it or if it's something that just takes up time or takes time away from each other or the family, like if you feel the need to do this, you need to do that. And I think that that is something so huge and that I love and respect in our relationship so much is how supportive we really are with each other right? in giving each other recommendations, but also listening. Right. Like I need this. I need to do this. Like Kirsten and I don't have to stop drinking together. No. But it is so much easier to do it together versus having one of the other people having a having, you know, an alcoholic beverage. Kirsten doesn't have to diet with me or go on these meal plans with me, but it is so much easier when we are making one healthy choice dinner for us and our family as an outcome versus feeling guilty because you have to make this, but then the kids and you have to eat this or whatever it is, you right. know, and so it's like allowing that acceptance and that love. Yeah. In the, in those decisions that we're making or the struggles that we're having and sharing with each other, like, I can't be your savior. You can't be my savior. Like, we can't do things for each other, but, like, we're really good at encouraging each other and being supportive yeah. on, like, you have to go do what you have to do. Right. Like, if you need to go talk to somebody that, and well, about I whatever like it is, so then much go do is, it. Like, communication is the biggest thing for that because, like you need to know what your spouse needs, you know? And if you're not telling them or they're not telling, you know, like explaining anything, like, you know, we do have harder days when I have this whole agenda in my mind and I don't even like verbalize, like I have nine hours of homework to do this day and it's our only day off this week together. Like that can make for a rough day, but like, I think it's all in how we react to it though too. Right. 
like there's sometimes we're like I don't react well to it or you don't react well to something and then like we realize it and like we can like literally see the 180 happen right of like okay like we got this we're gonna get through this I'm gonna go do this I how many hours do you need by yourself right now like okay I'm gonna take the kids and we're gonna go to the grocery store you take this two hours to do what you needed to do in this time uninterrupted yeah right and like I think that that's like the thing is that like we've gotten to know each other enough but like things still change like being together since we were 17 we handle things differently now or we need space now or we don't need space now where we maybe did beforehand well i think that's a lot about like self-care is like you learn through that on things that you need that are different than like what they were maybe 10 years ago well, I, I dealt with everything ago. by being like the class clown and being silly and outgoing and a complete extrovert and always trying to like make people laugh. But like, I also fought a ton of anxiety feeling like I had to have control of a situation or if we went to a party or a bar or a concert or whatever, like I had to have, like, I had to know, say like all the exits or like take care of somebody if they got sick or. Right. You, you know, weren't like, like planning for like any event that could go wrong silently inside of myself while pretending that I was just having a grand old time. Right. Which a lot of the times I was having a good time, but my internal battles and my internal conflict that I was dealing with was not something that I was able to share at the time because that's what I felt. That's how I interpreted it. I can't share this. Right. I can't share that we're going out with friends because then Kirsten's like, well, we don't have to go out with friends. Like, do you just need a night in? Because she's trying to be supportive, but I'm like, no, I don't need a night in. But like, I was not... I was not taking that chance, like, of, like, like I'm reading a book right now where they, and I'm listening to a podcast right now where, like, they talk about, like, internal conflict and external conflict, and that sometimes you have to be willing to have more external conflicts than you do internal conflicts, because you can't always be the one that takes the punch. You can't always be the one that puts yourself out. You can't always be the one that, you know crosses boundaries that you have or whatever it is like you have to be okay with telling somebody you're setting a pace or saying yeah we can go to coffee but like I really don't want to go to the bar tonight or you know yeah we can go and do this but like I'm not comfortable doing that and you have to be willing to accept an external con- conflict versus always just fighting that battle inside and keeping quiet yeah because then you're never right with yourself and like that's what I was that's what I was taught growing up. I was taught to not have conflict. I was taught to sweep it under the rug, deal with it, pray about Internalize it. Internalize it. Yeah. Like we don't talk about it. Like, and if, like if you prayed about it, then it should have just gone away. I'm literally, that's what I was told. Right. Like, which is like verbatim, just a little mind boggling to me that like, yes, if you believe in the power of prayer by all means, like, I'm not saying that that's not a thing, but like, that's not a soul, tr- like, outlet for everybody. No. Like, because you're not really talking to it. Like, you might be talking to, like, your higher power or your God, but, like, they can't respond. So, like, if you're really struggling mentally and, like, going through something, like, someone needs to be able to, like, respond back with something. You know what I mean? Well, like, I think that sometimes... It's just hard when you feel like you can't talk to anybody. And I know I felt that way growing up a lot. Like, also, mental health was kind of, like, taboo. Like, if you were depressed, like, or you really did have a mental health issue, there was something wrong with you. Right. Right. And it was... I don't know. Like, we didn't talk about that. It was so frowned upon. But we'll talk about, like, your brother's rash at the dinner table. But, like... (laughs) 
you're struggling mentally, like that's you, pocket you just that need to pray about day. it. We'll put you on the prayer chain. That was also my other thing, you know, and just Ash struggling through that. Like, I don't want other people in my business. Sometimes I just need to address it how I need to address it, and I need to grow and learn through this place. Like I, I struggled with anxiety for so many years, and had such a hard time with it. And I even got to a point where I was like, well, maybe like. I do. I just bring it up to my doctor and like my doctor offers what they can from like a Western medicine aspect of it. So it's like, well, here, like try these, try this prescription, which was a completely other separate struggle. And like, I got to a point where like I used like homeopathic natural ways with like different types of like, I would say meditation to like gain control when I was having panic attacks. Like there were, there were nights where I was like, I am, I'm not okay. Like, I think I might need to go to the hospital. Like I'm having heart palpitations. Like something is severely wrong. (laughs) Like there were times where it was that intense and I got down to like more (sighs) researching and like meditation was huge for me to be able to like regain. But like we were kind of not allowed like the word meditation was like avoided in oh a hundred percent because it was not like you're seeking a different higher power by meditating is what like they would that's how I took it. And some of mine was like some things that I worked on was just like gaining control of like my breath, right? So that I'm not hyperventilating, like focusing on one thing. Like then I w- went on to like the touch here and smell. Th- like tactic where like if I can touch three things like I had enough control to make my body and to like tell my 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 brain told my body to move my hand to go and touch this item touch that item touch this item okay now like I'm selectively selectively hearing three things individualizing and like zoning in on those three things that I'm hearing at once and then the same thing with smell like I got to a point where I was able to gain control back of my mind and body when I was having a panic attack that, like, I had never accomplished beforehand because nobody had ever talked to me about it. No, because it wasn't... Nobody gave it to me as an option. Right. Praying was not an option of finding a solution to the the serious medical condition that I was having. Well, because you're also, like, in the church, you wouldn't follow up with somebody's prayer. Like, you wouldn't be like, hey, remember I told you to pray about that issue the other day? Like, <laughs> how do you feel now? You know, like, it was more of a scapegoat, I feel like, a lot of the times for, like, we don't really want to address that, so, like, pray about it. And there's, like, there for me personally, it was very awkward and uncomfortable having somebody be like, I'm praying for you. Right. That thing you told me, I'm praying for you. I put you on my chair, my prayer chain, right. on the PTA. I'm like, <laughs> stop it! You know, like, oh, no. Oh, no. You know, and it's like, and that was the other thing too, is that like, if you were really at a point where you were struggling and you felt like, especially with like anxiety, you do get to a point where you start feeling out of control because you don't have control. Anything triggers you. You don't know what triggers you, but everything triggers you. You don't like, you don't know when it's going to happen, how bad it's going to be. Sometimes it was debilitating. Sometimes it was a point where I just would have to go to bed because my anxiety was so out of control. Right. And like... The only thing that I got offered to me growing up and within the church like that was like, well, you need to go to a Christian therapist then who's going to like pray all this away and out of you. Like you're going to like get exercised. Yeah. Because it was kind of considered like spiritual turmoil. Like it was more I was of, told like, it, it was, was spiritual warfare. 
Oh. That was the verbiage that it was that I was taught. Well, and then like nobody wants to go and like get help when you feel like now you're like having spiritual warfare. That's what I was told. Right. Like that makes it seem like you're doing like something's wrong with you. Well, like I'm like battling like the like spiritual demons of like mental health wasn't oh. mental health wasn't mental health. Mental health was no. you're not right with God. You need yeah. to work on your relationship with God and get straight with God because you're not. Satan is grabbing a hold of you. Yeah. And. Which if you're not anxious already, like shit, man, that's scary. I just, I could never look at any one of my children and tell them that. Oh no. No, no. We, we are. It's heartbreaking kind, to think that, that I was told that so many times. And it wasn't just from like my parent. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't my dad. Right. But it it was, you know, like. I was told that coming up and I was told that from the church and I was told that from my mom and well, we were told that numerous times when we were, when we came out, when we, were when we got out. outed. Yeah. Yeah. Like multiple times that this was just Satan trying we to We had see... people like try to pray the gay out of us. Like oh, absolutely. people putting their hands on your forehead and like, just like, <sighs> it was like an intervention exorcist of like praying it away. And I just like... <sighs> I think about, like, how much healthier could I have understood all of this mm-hmm. and healed through the process of it versus being in my 30s and being like, huh. Hmm. I think it, and, like, I was, we were talking at dinner tonight about why do you think that it is now that, like, you, we are starting to kind of have some of these, like, it could be the podcast that we're kind of starting to, like, unbury some. I think it's multiple things. But, yeah, yeah I think that, like, the podcast is, like, help like as we're going through our story and our timeline you kind of also you guys like we're we're kind of private people so like our podcast is for the people that like don't know us like it's kind of a big deal like sharing our story has been a little bit vulnerable for us and so a lot of it (laughs) i think that like also solidifying that these things happened to us publicly makes them more real than just a story we've told like the people that know us. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like it, it does make it real and kind of makes you reflect back on like, that was messed up. Well, there's something so different about like actually speaking it in like a safe place versus like putting it out there like this through a podcast right? where anybody can tap into it. Anybody. And (laughs) it's, it it is, it's hard and it's, it's scary at some point. But like, I think the biggest thing that we want to share in this is that like in this episode is that self-care and self-health can be so many different things, but they're all just as important as the other. So mental health is huge and you can be a total like functioning person. You can be a functioning wife, daughter, husband, whatever you are, you can be functioning. You could be doing amazing in your job. You could be an amazing spouse. You could be an amazing parent. You could have great relationships with your family and friends, but your internal conflict might be raging out of control. Right. And like, it's okay to pump the brakes and say, Hey, I need to address this. I need to do some me time. I need to work on this. Right. Because we're taught in life and we're taught in the society to hide it and to keep your problems, your problems. Right. And it's not that case. And that might've been what was told and taught in, you know, generations before us. But like, 
there's so much more that we can do, especially now. And like, there's so much more acceptance that's out there that like, it needs, it needs to be addressed and it's okay to talk about it. And it's okay to do that self-reflection and that self-help. Yeah. So I think that's like one of the biggest things that like, I mean, this was kind of like our night. We finally get a date night and we get out and we just kind of, I mean, it was a very big like check-in, like, where are you at? How are you? Like, what, what's up? And Kirsten right. and I talk every day and we don't just have like very surface conversations every day. No, we talk, like, we communicate a lot and we do, but like, you know, your kids are, well, kids are getting older. They understand a lot more than they did before. They also mm-hmm. don't need to hear every conversation that we have. And sometimes by nine o'clock at night, when we crawl into bed, I'm not in the mood to We're have zonked. a deep conversation right. because also like as we're running out of time, but like, I'm learning that there, those are boundaries. Like there are times that like deep conversations don't always need to happen when that person wants to have them. Right. Like if you're not prepared mentally or you're not in a space to receive that information, that's okay. Well, and like you just had to advocate for yourself. Right. You have to advocate for yourself so that you can learn to advocate for your loved one or for your child on behalf of them. Whatever the situation is, like, it is huge to self-advocate and it is huge to, like, self-care. Yeah. So, guys, thanks so much for joining us tonight uh, or today, whenever you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) But um, go check out our Ash and Kirst on Instagram. It's at the Ash and Kirst. Um, let us know. We are getting a couple of messages. So thank you for those who have sent them in to us. Um, we're definitely going to start going over some of those questions and things that you guys have brought up um, he- here in the very near future. We're going to get a couple more um, together here. So um, go over to the, at the Ash and Kierce on Instagram. Um, we've got a TikTok up, Lesbian Honest Podcast, and then we've got our podcast. So hit us up. Let us know. Um, don't forget to do the follow and the subscribe on there so that way we know kind of where everything's at. And if you guys have questions or concerns or feedback or anything like that, we're open. We're open books. Yep. All right, guys. Have a good night. Later. Bye.